Hello and welcome to the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. We're thankful that you have decided to join us for another episode in our series that we have titled Our Calling. I'm your host, Scott Spees, the Director of Advancement here at the college, and over the past several months, we have talked with various DCC coaches, faculty, and staff members, letting them share with you their call into ministry and higher education, as well as their passion for helping men and women find their God-given calling through their area of teaching or coaching, whatever that is. All of this is a part of fulfilling DCC's mission statement of educating and mentoring students to be people of influence, engaging in their calling to the work of Christ in the church and in the world. Today, we're pleased to welcome one of our alums, Mr. Matt Cook, to share about his personal call into ministry and how God has been working in his life during that time. Welcome to the DCC Leadership Podcast, Matt. Thanks. Because we're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. Oh, here, this this is going to be exciting. <clears throat> uh, my first meeting with Matt was way back in 1987 when he was in DCC Saltines program, and I am pretty sure we could do an entire podcast series on those experiences. But that's Correct. another topic for another day, right? Correct. Exactly. So Matt and his wife uh, Dana have been serving the First Christian Church family in. Canadian, Texas, since 2003. That's 20 years, if my math is right there. Uh, They're both graduates of Dallas Christian College. Matt and Dana have three children, Darby, Quinn, and Ainsley. Matt enjoys watching the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team, which I, you know, living in Texas, I don't get at all, and driving a tractor any chance that he gets. Is that correct? That is correct. That is correct. Well, facilitating our discussion today is the head of DCC's Practical Ministries Department, Dr. Eddie Sanders. So, Dr. Sanders, I'm going to turn it over to you for this episode of Our Calling. Yes, so welcome. Thanks for being here. You bet. So it's the 80s. You're in high school. Right. Moses is a student around then as well. Is that right? Correct. I mean, this is... As our kids say, back in the 1900s. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. What are you thinking in high school in relationship to a future what you want to do, who you are? I had no idea. I mean, there, there was, I can't, do you want my story? Do you just want yes. me to just say? Yes. <clears throat> um, going through high school, I, I had no, I was just trying to have a good time. That's all it was yep. about. Uh, I got involved with saltines and had a uh, reason I came back for that is because I had a good time. Um, and I was probably a handful during that time as well. That would be a correct statement. But, but uh, <laughs> getting to know some of the people around here. My dad's a minister, was has retired from ministry a couple yeah. of years. So I, I've been around the church my whole life. I yep. knew kind of the inner workings and all of that. <clears throat> Got to my senior year, and honestly, I was going, well, I think they would let me come to DCC. I don't know if any other college would let me in. But, <laughs> uh, my grades were not very good. Um, but I, I thought, well, I could do this. And I was like, I could do ministry. And being around Saltines was, and and some camp teams, stuff like that, other interactions with school people. I was just going, I could do this. And my dad was in some pretty rough places, ministry-wise, um, and went through some pretty hard things. And I always just thought it was because he couldn't pick a place. That Man, he picked the worst places in the world. So I came to school and mm. and – was here two years, gotten an uh, 
internship while I was here and found out that my dad wasn't that my dad couldn't pick them. They were all just bad. Um, so I thought I, I can be around kids and minister to kids as a teacher or something. I don't have to do this church thing. So I quit and went to school uh, for education. And after that, got a good job or quit that, got a good job and, um, in the oil field and worked for a while there. Um, and in that, uh, was making good money. And in that, uh, I had a conversation one night and was going, you know, this isn't, this isn't what I'm supposed to do. I'm not really made for this. I can do it. And, but I'm probably supposed to be doing something else. I came to grips with the fact that, that all people are idiots and when I say that, I mean me and everybody else in this room and the church and all of that. So get over it and figure out how to love them anyway. Came back to school. My schooling was, when I came back, was a completely different experience because then I was, I was all in. Mm. And I wanted to know. I needed to know these things. Um, I made a couple of A's, maybe maybe one, I don't know, um, <laughs> and some, some B's, which had never happened in my schooling career ever um but because i was i like i said i was kind of all in i was soaking it in i need this i need this yeah um and uh and and so that that's kind of how i got to i guess to where i am uh, but it was um I don't know. That's kind of the short version that's of the helpful, story. That's helpful. Thanks. And just for contextual help, talk me through what Saltines was back then, Scott. Yeah, Saltines was a program that Dallas Christian College started in 1977. And it was wow. just a summer traveling group, uh, you know, back in the 70s, 80s especially. Uh, it was common to have a, a music group that did some acting. Uh, you know, we added uh, instrumental uh, ensemble to that so we had a rhythm section you were a trombone player if I remember right Matt and yeah. and so uh, it was very very well received here at the college and, and back at that time Danelle Franklin was uh, our music director and she led that and we would take as many as 100 kids around wow. visit churches we'd rehearse on campus for a week and then we would tour and unfortunately uh, Saltine's kind of uh, ended its run uh, during co- the, the season of COVID, and, yeah. and so, but that was uh, really a, a strong recruiting program. Obviously, you, you talk about the the impact the program had on you, and uh, and I've got a lot of lifelong friends, including our sound engineer Bruce Dykus, who was part of that group that's, in '87, and that's so uh, yeah, that's where that's where the, the history of of Saltine. So the odds are high that the song "Friends Are Friends Forever" was sung regularly. Well, yeah, be. sometimes in mockery, but it was <laughs> it was sung. <laughs> to turn it back to you, Matt, what was it about that that drew you in? About that program, about that experience? It was just it was relationships. That's yep. that's all it was. And like when I came to school, I thought, yeah, youth ministry is something I could do. Um and that was about the extent of it. I mean, there was no thought. There was no I didn't feel like I didn't feel like God was going, you need to do this or something. Like I had a message from the Lord or something that it was, I think I could pull this off. So talk me through that then. What is your view of calling? I I think God has given each of us gifts and abilities, and he wants us to use them. I, I don't know that 
you've got a, a I don't know that he is I don't know that he's that specific on how to use him. I'm I'm pretty simple and love God, love each other. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I think you Brad said something before about position. I don't think it matters the position you're in, what you're doing, where you're at. That's what you're supposed to do. If you can do that in ministry, get after it. Um, if you do that as a teacher or, you know, the trash man or the CEO or whatever, do that. Okay. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. Even if I could do my dream job and farm, I think my calling is still the same: is to love whoever God put me puts in front of me in whatever moment that He puts them in front of me. Yeah, that's good. I appreciate the emphasis on God there. So many times we talk about our calling, and that's the name of the series here, Our Calling, and it's very me-focused, which in Western society now we're really good at that. But that's that's a helpful reminder. I wonder how this overlaps or differs with passion for you. What are you passionate about these days? I, I think that goes back to I'm passionate about our our my people, yeah. I, I mean our our community and yeah. our uh, church family, our congregation, uh, and and what they've got going on. I had somebody ask me recently about preaching and and pastoring and the difference there, and what do you like better? And I was like, I don't know. And uh, I said, I like preaching. I'm not any good at it, but I like it. Um, <laughs> and I like the prep for it and all that. Yeah. And uh, but I like. I like pastoring too. I like loving on people, and, and I and I think, I think maybe I've got a little bit of a gift for that. But then they ask, okay, if if you couldn't if you couldn't do one of those, which one would you choose? And I was like, I, I couldn't do this if I, if the pastoring part wasn't really. Okay. I mean that that okay. that's the I I love both, but if I didn't have the interaction with people, I couldn't do you know. A, a large church where all you do is prepare a sermon and, and you're all about vision casting and all of that. Not that that's not important, but if that took me away from, from people, I, I would have a hard time. And, and that is weird to say, cause I'm not a people person. Interesting. I'm kind of an introvert, and, but my, my people are my family and, yeah. and you just do that with, with them so yeah that's good can you share a moment or a week or or a visit where you got in the car after or the truck cranked it up and you just drove away and thought that this matters this is meaningful there's a deep joy in doing this and what was it about that experience or that person or that relationship that you said, this really matters. This part of my calling is eternal. I, I, you, you would think that that would be some big happy story, but there, there have been a, a few times um, where I've gone into somebody's died. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there are specific instances of that that you go in and you're just trying to be there for yep. somebody. And my thoughts always are, I, I would not wish this on anyone having to be in their shoes or having to be in my shoes. Um, but 
but I'm glad that it's me that I can share in this moment with these people. And some of that is because they're family, because you're going, I know my hurt's not as bad as yours because you've lost a son or a daughter or a husband or a wife, but I'm, I'm hurting right there with you. I, I don't know what to say. I, I want to throw things like you want to throw things. I want to shake my fist. Yeah. Um, like you, God, like you want to shake your fist. I, I just, I, there are no words and, and there are a lot of times that there aren't, that, that you don't have any for a situation like that, just presence. And like I said, I, I, and I say this at times too, I've been where I am long enough that I'm having funerals for some of my best friends. And, and it's times that, that it's rough, that I don't, I don't want to be up there to have to give this eulogy or, or talk about this person. I want to be out there. But I'm also I'm glad or happy that it's me, that I get a chance to say and share my heart about who these people were and, and are and, and do my best to comfort in that. So I see, I see God's hand in that. Um, and at times, like I said, it's not something that I look forward to and that I ever wanted. If I didn't have to do that ever again, it would be awesome. But, but that's kind of, um, that's, if that answers your question, kind of where I think so, yeah. It's a good reminder that God uses us, people like you, to show up in the midst of the darkness and to be that light. And as we know, as we read, as we see, it's, it's a dark world. There, there, there are times... We celebrate together a lot. I mean, our, I've got we've got kids that are the same age, so we watch them grow up and hit milestones, and we're all happy about that together. And those happen probably way, way, way more often yeah. than than bad times. But that's just kind of regular, right? For, I mean, that's just kind of life for us. So the other side of that is whenever life kind of gets interrupted, and you're going, okay, this is I, I don't know, this is where. God's kind of showing up and and maybe using me, whether I want want it to be yeah, that way or not. Good. To jump back to a comment you said about uh, the prep for preaching, what is it you like about prepping for a sermon? Usually, when I'm preaching, I'm it's because I'm learning and growing. Yeah. So whatever I preach on Sunday morning is what I've learned that week. I mean, that's that's just kind of it. And probably you could gauge by how I preach on Sunday morning, the enthusiasm or how good that is, is by how much God's gotten a hold of me that mm-hmm. week. Because um, sometimes you learn something, you go, well, that's neat. And other times you're going, holy cow, have you, could, have you seen, you know, I can't believe I've read this. Who knows how many times and that's in there. Or, or, so that's for me, just the, the things that I learn and grow. And I've been in the church forever and it amazes me and, and in Scripture forever, it amazes me of new stories or different ways of looking at things. That, And I'm happy because i got a bunch of people in, in our congregation that are the same way. And to say, we've read this this way, but maybe yep. look at it this way a little bit. I've never read it, but it changes the way you the way you think, the way you look, and hopefully through that, the way you act. Yeah, I struggle with the question. Nah, no, actually, I don't struggle, not at all. 
I think people struggle with my answer when they say, uh, what, what's your favorite passage? And my favorite passage, it's, it's always the same. It's the passage I'm studying that week or that month. Because the depth of Scripture, it's striking. And there are very few weeks when I walk away and say, there, there's no way <laughs> that just a human wrote this. There was some eternal, spiritual, supernatural help, and and I know we believe that, but to to encounter that on a weekly basis is just such a powerful reminder of, for the times of the darkness and death and difficulty, it's just such a good reminder that there might be more than meets the eye, and boy, is our world good at ignoring that. Correct. I, I would say, to me, on the calling, and looking at Scripture, I, I did um, preach on Jacob earlier in the year. And what I kind of came up with with that is that God's going to get done what God's going to get done. Yeah. Now, Jacob takes a pretty big detour, but where does he get him? The same thing's true for Joseph. I'm, I mean, God's going to save his people from this famine. Well, it took a long time, and Joseph a pretty wrong route, and Jacob and the rest of But they all got to where... They were supposed to be, and and I think the same thing is is true for us, and that that's the calling thing that I I can go and do things. God's going to use me, no matter what, no matter where I'm at, and um, we just have to be ready and open to that. I I never wanted to preach ever <laughs> because I couldn't figure out how you said love God, love each other. 52 different ways or 50 different <laughs> ways a year. I, it just was yeah. beyond me. But yes. but I said, okay, I can fill in for a little bit. And filling in ended up being, what, 19 years now? Wow. Um, so um, it it's it's just opening yourself up to, to do – because in the middle of that, I'm not going, is God calling me to preach or whatever? I'm just doing what needs to be done. As we wrap this up, what would you say to a person just like you in high school that's listening to this somewhere? They're like, I, I got nothing. I don't know that there was anything that could have been said to me that would have changed any of the direction. Go live your life, but keep an ear to, to what God may be doing. To, to what the Spirit may lay on your heart at, at whatever. Because when the Spirit, I, I don't know if that was the Spirit. Whenever I figured it out or the Spirit was talking or I said, I need to go back to school, that was not in some, you know, conference or <laughs> right. so. I, I, but it was there. Yes. It I, was unavoidable. Right. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I... We'll have to cut that again. Okay, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to say this. Um, I I was in an adult establishment, having consumed a considerable about amount of adult beverages, talking to uh, somebody else, and what they said, and they were arguing against what I, I. It was just the weirdest conversation, and when it got done, I was going, I'm arguing the wrong thing. And and she was arguing something else, and I was going, she's wrong, but 
not all the way. And and I I went, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. And and I don't know. I mean, that may be too much information. And I don't know if that was a God moment, and I don't know if that was a spirit, but I called. I still lived in the same town as my, my dad. I called him that night. It was like 2 or 3 in the morning. And I said, hey, can you come over here? And he said, sure. And I said, I'm done. I said, i, I got to do something else. And I, I think it's it's probably ministry is where I'm supposed to be. You were a uh, teacher at this time, or you in no, the, you I in was the, in the oil, oil field. field. And I said, uh, i got to do something else. And he said, okay, we'll figure it out. And I I, the, I went in and gave my two weeks, maybe at a month later, I gave my two weeks and started looking at schools and looked at Manhattan and, and here, and I didn't think Ozark would let me in and Lincoln. And, um, and I came back here because they would take all my Ds that I had from here, and I could get out <laughs> faster and it would yes. be a little cheaper. But, that's true. But that that's – and again, in that moment, I didn't – it wasn't some earth-shattering thing, and it wasn't angels or ah, but it was. It was just this isn't where you're supposed to be. Yep. So head in the right direction, and and that's the thing. All throughout ministry, I I don't know that I felt a calling. I worked for my dad for two years after I graduated, or while I was still in school. I didn't feel a calling to go to Wichita Falls, really, but it was open, and we could do, and we did good work there. And then we moved to Indiana, which allowed us, I, I don't know if it was a call, but it was a better paying job so we could start a family. It would get us out on our own so we, me and Dana could figure out life together by ourselves without, you know, in-laws sticking their nose in uh, or parents, whatever. Um, and, and when we went to Canadian, that wasn't some, there was kind of a boot. I wasn't going to be in Indiana much longer, even if I wanted to be, mm. even if I did the best job ever. There just wasn't some jiving that was happening. And, yeah. and uh, so I went looking, and Canadian was one of the places. And when we went there, we said, well, we could do this. It's all right. Seemed kind of comfortable. So we said, okay. I, I don't know that I felt God saying, you need to go to Canadian. I, we didn't want to leave Indiana. I thought God could use me there. Senior pastor didn't think God could use me there, but <laughs> but I I thought he, he could. So so there was never you know move and do there was, but it was I can do this and I can do this here. So okay, and I don't I don't know. That's why I say that calling is just to love whoever's in front of you. Yeah, and what I'm hearing is there's wrestling in the midst of the call. It's clear, here's what you do, how you do it. That's where the wrestling happens. Yeah, very much so. And I would never undersell that story at all because there's going to be people out there right now that are listening to your story, and they're going to say, I relate to Matt Cook. And the fact that you've been there 20 years, and when you started talking about your people, you started tearing up. Tells me you gotta cut that. that you're, no, that that that's that compassion. Uh, I met with Matt and Dana a couple of months ago. They were here in town. Uh, they called me out of the blue, said, "Hey, do you have time for lunch?" And so I did. Said, "Hey, are you 
you're here for vacation. Well, we're catching the Rangers games and this and that. But uh, and I guess the Cardinals were in town, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're actually catching the Cardinals game. I guess you were. But he said, well, really, we came here because there's a young kid that's in the hospital over in Fort Worth, and we wanted to come and minister to them. That tells me everything I need to know right there. And I'm going to quote my favorite, one of my uh, favorite verses of our good friend Mark Worley. And, uh, you know, Jesus went through the towns, villages, synagogues, proclaiming the good news, healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. And I would say when Matt Cook sees his people, he has compassion on them because they're harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And that's answering the calling. Well, so, maybe so. Maybe uh, you, so. You got to know, though, <laughs> every time I take a spiritual gifts test, I flunk compassion and mercy. Well, so I don't know how it works. Uh, yeah, I God, think you're, you're you, skewing the test there, I, man. <laughs> I think, too, on the question you ask about – I don't know we're out of time. But the question you ask about somebody sitting, especially a high schooler, if you think you can do it, and it's give it a shot. Go. God can get a hold of you here, even if you're – because I was – um, and if it, if you couldn't be on two different types of probation at once in this school, I'd have been gone. I mean, it, I I tested the limits. Um, but th- things happen here, even in there, even whenever I ignored them, things happen in here and got implanted that that later came out. There you go. Give it a shot. It might not take you eight years to get out like it did me, but show up. And God okay. can use you. And that, that's it. That's the same thing with all the calling. The calling is show up, all right? Okay. That, that, that's, that's it. That's what I got. Thanks for sharing. If you've enjoyed this episode of the DCC Leadership Podcast, I encourage you to, to check out our other uh, podcasts that speak about calling. I'm sure there is an area of, of ministry interest or business, education, psychology, some of our degree programs that may interest you. You can do that by going to our website at www.dallas.edu. Again, thanks for joining us for this episode. Take care. Have a great week.